Jesus was dead. His body had been taken down from the cross, laid into a tomb. His disciples were hiding in fear. People who followed him and loved him were grieving. They were in despair. They were depressed. They were doubting. Wasn't this Jesus who was the Messiah? What's happened to him? Isn't that true also that when we have someone we love who dies, that we are depressed, we're discouraged, there's sorrow, there's grief. We want to know what is going to happen. How is my life going to go on? Just as we, when we think of death, often fear it or in despair, that's how Jesus' disciples and those who followed him That's how they felt after Friday and Jesus' death. A Saturday they waited in grief. Friday, April the 3rd, had been a day of death. But Sunday was going to be a day of life. Let's continue the story of Easter by hearing this wonderful news that Jesus is alive. It began right before dawn on that Sunday morning, Sunday, April the 5th, with a journey and with an earthquake. There were women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and who had been there at the cross and who had come that morning because they wanted to anoint Jesus' body with burial spices. They had come... On their journey, there was an earthquake. An earthquake because an angel had come from heaven, rolled the stone away from the entrance to Jesus' tomb, and the soldiers who were there guarding were so afraid that they thought they were going to die. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 28, where these events are recorded for us. Matthew writes, After the Sabbath... As the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. I want you to imagine those soldiers. They had been put there by the uh, religious leaders. They knew what Jesus had said, that he was going to be resurrected and that even though he was going to die, he would be alive again. The religious leaders thought, well, if he's made this prophecy, his disciples may go and steal his body and then spread lies about how Jesus is alive. So I find it very ironic that the first witnesses to the empty tomb were the soldiers who were placed there to make sure that nothing happened. They saw the angel, they saw the empty tomb, and they knew from that moment that this was no ordinary Sunday morning. The women who had come, they got there as well. Uh, They wondered how they were even going to get the stone from the entrance to the tomb. But when they got there, they realized it was gone. And they wondered, what is going on? Here is 
the tomb with no stone in front of it. These women had been with Jesus and had followed him to this moment. And Matthew tells us also in verse 5. The angel told the women, Don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then quickly go and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. The women had come to see Jesus' body, to prepare it for a long-term burial, as all bodies are. But they were surprised to see angels, an empty tomb, and then the testimony that there is no reason to be here because Jesus isn't here. He is alive. You know, when you're going to look for someone, you don't look in a cemetery. If I wanted to see uh, someone, John Smith, let's say, I wouldn't go to the cemetery looking for John Smith. You don't look for living people in a cemetery. And so the angel is telling them that why are you looking for a person who is alive here in the cemetery where there are dead people? The women hear this news. And apparently Mary Magdalene and the other women get separated. And Mary Magdalene runs to find Peter and John and tells them the body's gone. The tomb is empty. What are we going to do? Peter and John hear that news and they run to the tomb. John outruns Peter. And John gets there and he looks inside and he sees that the tomb is empty. Peter runs and brushes past him, running into the tomb. And they both see the same thing. They see that there is no body, but there the burial cloths are there. And one that was on the head folded up. Here is an empty tomb where there was a body. And even the clothes that the body was buried in is here, but the body's not. What does this mean? You see, to this point, all that has been shared, or excuse me, what has been witnessed and seen with the eyes is an empty tomb. But that could mean lots of things. It could mean what the religious leaders were going to say and the lie that they were going to spread, that someone came into the tomb and took the body away. It could mean that they were at the wrong tomb. It could mean that the soldiers did something to the body. At this point, it was just a eyes seeing something gone. What did it really all mean? That was all going to change in a few moments. Because... Mary Magdalene, who was there, crying and weeping because the body was gone, first saw the angels who looked like men to her, and she asked them, well, excuse me, they asked her, why are you crying? And she said, they've taken his body away, and I don't know where they've taken it. She hears a voice asking her the same question. Mary, why are you crying? 
the question why you're crying, without the word Mary actually, until the moment when she tells Jesus, they've taken the body and I don't know where they've taken it. Then Jesus says, Mary. And when he says, Mary, she recognizes this isn't the gardener who she thought he was. This is Jesus himself. She heard her name, heard her master's voice, and knew that he was alive. The tears and the grief turned to joy, must have turned to relief, turned to excitement. That it wasn't just an empty tomb. See, the empty tomb at first to Mary meant someone had taken the body. They had put it somewhere where she didn't know where it was. It wasn't just an empty tomb. It was Jesus is alive. Jesus said to Mary in John chapter 20, Don't cling to me since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Mary was the first to see Jesus alive. But the other women also had the opportunity to see Jesus alive. Remember they heard the report from the angels to go tell the disciples Jesus is alive. As they were going back to tell the disciples, Jesus appears to them. It says in Matthew 28, So departing quickly from the tomb, with fear and great joy, they ran to tell His disciples the news. Just then Jesus met them and said, Greetings! They came up, took hold of His feet, and worshipped Him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. So now Jesus has appeared to all of the women who came to the tomb. Mary personally and the rest of them as they were on their way on the mission that the angel had given them to tell the news. So now it wasn't just eyes seeing emptiness, an empty tomb. It was now eyes seeing the Lord Himself. And now these women had seen with their own eyes the truth of the testimony of the angels that Jesus wasn't dead, He was alive. And so with that great news, they went to the disciples to tell them, Jesus is alive. I'm sure the women had hoped that the disciples would have responded with joy and responded with belief. But when the women told the disciples, the disciples said it was nonsense. In fact, in Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, this is what Luke says. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the leaven and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. It's interesting to me that in the story of that Sunday morning, each person is given an opportunity to hear the report that Jesus is alive. Remember the women heard it from the angels. The women then tell it to the disciples. But the women have fear, but they're going with the news. 
The disciples hear it and they don't believe. There was an opportunity to hear, but Jesus graciously also gave an opportunity to see. First to Mary, then to the other women, and then to the disciples. Amazingly, the first one that Jesus appears to is Peter. And all we have is this one reference in Luke that says the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Luke 24, 34 says. I want to think about that for a moment. The last time the Gospels record that Jesus looked at Peter was after Peter denied the Lord three times. Peter had boldly proclaimed on that Thursday night when Jesus was with His disciples, Peter said to Him, I will die for you. There's no way that I will deny you. Yet Jesus predicted, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter did so. And the Gospels tell us, when that crow, the rooster crowed, There was Jesus looking at Peter. Could you imagine being Peter, having just denied the Lord, seeing him being taken away from his trial, and having that feeling of remorse, guilt, shame? When Peter heard the news that Jesus was dead, I'm certain that Peter imagined he would never have the opportunity to say anything to the Lord again. He wouldn't have the chance to say, I'm sorry. Not a chance to explain himself. Because he and the other disciples, even though Jesus had told them, I'm going to die, I'm going to be resurrected. He told them specifically three times that he was going to do that. They still didn't understand. And I imagine Peter thought he'd never see the Lord again. Yet just like Jesus had appeared personally to Mary, Jesus appeared personally to Peter. We have no record of their conversation. I imagine it was quite a conversation. And I can imagine the joy, the surprise that Peter felt. Later that day, Jesus appeared to two unknown disciples. Not one of the eleven, but... Others that had followed Jesus in His ministry. They were leaving Jerusalem and they were going to the town of Emmaus. And as they were going there, Jesus started to walk with them. Jesus asked them about what had been happening. And the disciples were kind of struck by the fact that Jesus... Well, they didn't know it was Jesus, but you don't know what's going on? You don't know what's happened these last few days? And even in their words, they talked about their disappointment. That this man that they knew as Jesus, who they thought was the Messiah, who was going to bring in something great, had died. They had heard the reports from the women that Jesus was alive, but it doesn't seem like they believed them either. They didn't know it was Jesus at the time, but Jesus went on to explain to them from the Scripture how the Messiah was to suffer and how the Messiah was to be resurrected. So Jesus pointed them to the Word of God. To show them the truth. As Jesus was walking, he started to look like he was going to continue on down the road. And the two disciples invited him in to have a meal. 
It's when Jesus broke the bread and blessed it that they immediately realized, this is Jesus. And then Jesus disappeared. But can you imagine that moment? They realized they had been talking to Jesus this whole time and didn't realize it. But also the joy of knowing that what the women had said was true. He is alive. Finally, on that first Easter Sunday, Jesus did come to the disciples, all of them as they were gathered. And this is what it says in Luke chapter 24. As they were saying these things, he himself stood in their midst. He said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled, he asked them. And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they were still amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Jesus appeared to them, finally proving to those who had heard but would not believe that he was alive. To all those who had been told the testimony, the angels to the women, the women to the disciples, not only got to hear it, but they got to see it with their own eyes, that Jesus is alive. I asked the question earlier, what did an empty tomb mean? Well, what does a risen Savior mean? Because Jesus wasn't the first one to die and to be resurrected. If you look at the scripture, when Elijah the prophet was alive, he raised a boy to life. Elisha also did. In fact, uh, there was an Israelite man who was thrown into Elisha's grave, and that man came to life. So in the Old Testament, those people were dead, but they came to life. In the New Testament, Jesus raises to life a widow's son. Jairus' daughter, he also brings back to life. And the most famous person, Lazarus. After Jesus ascends into heaven, it is Peter who raises Tabitha to life. And Paul raises Eutychus to life. So Jesus wasn't the first nor the last to be resurrected to life. And in fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, it says when Jesus died on the cross and when he was resurrected, there were many who came out of the tombs and we're walking around in Jerusalem. So what makes Jesus' resurrection so different? With all of those other resurrections, those people were dead. They were alive again, but they died again. They didn't do anything for you or for me. Their resurrection only extended their life. But for Jesus, He conquered death. That's what His resurrection means. He is God. And He was a sinless sacrifice for our sin. And He was dead and came back to life and has therefore defeated death and conquered it so that we who die do not have to be separated from God or disappear or cease to exist or spend eternity from God in hell. Because Jesus died and was resurrected, we can have eternal life. That is the hope, but not a hope in the sense I hope it happens, but hope in the sense that 
Sorrow doesn't have to be there. Grief doesn't have to be there. Hope can be there. Because those who believe in Jesus, when we die, we don't really die. We go into the presence of the Lord and spend eternity in a perfect place with our perfect God. Jesus had said to Mary, Lazarus's sister, these words in John 11. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And that is the key question. Jesus' death and resurrection has, gives everyone an opportunity to believe the truth of it and to believe that Jesus is God and who He said He is and to accept that gift of eternal life and the forgiveness of our sins. Do you believe? That's the question. It's a fact that the tomb is empty. It's a fact witnesses saw Jesus alive. It's a fact that Jesus is God and that He offers the gift of eternal life to all who believe. But the question is, do you believe? If you have never believed, as you're listening to me now, take this moment to believe the truth of this great news that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and He rose again to life. If you believe, you have the promise from Christ Himself that you will not die, you will live forever. Say a simple prayer right now. Just speak a word of faith to the Lord and belief right now. And you can accept this gift of eternal life. If you are a believer, I do want to share one more verse with you. A verse that gives us hope to live every day. Knowing that even if it's our last one on earth, it's just the first one in eternity. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul writes these words. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way through Jesus, God will bring with those who have fallen asleep. Do you hear the words? Do you hear the promise? Do you hear that we don't have to grieve like people who don't have hope? Yes, when someone dies... There is sorrow and there is real grief. But there's also the, the hope and the comfort that comes from knowing if they are a believer in Jesus Christ, they are in the presence of the Lord. And one day, their body that's in that grave is going to be resurrected just like Jesus' body was. I love the phrase that Paul uses to describe those who are dead and who are buried in a tomb. He says they are asleep. You know what happens to everyone who's asleep? They wake up. And that is the hope we have. That those who are dead in Christ will wake up one day. Their bodies will be resurrected, united with their spirit to live with the Lord forever. That is the joy of Easter. That is the truth of Easter. And so you who are believers have this commission to go and tell this great news. Did you notice in the story of all those witnesses, again, there was evidence that was given. And there was belief, but there also was a job to do. And that was to go and tell others.
The news isn't to keep to ourselves. The news isn't for us to feel good about our future. The news is to go and tell. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. Believe and you will live forever. Brothers and sisters, have that comfort and hope and go and tell that good news. Let's go to our risen Christ in prayer. Jesus, we praise you that you are alive. And Jesus, we pray that you would fill us with the joy of the knowledge of your resurrection and give us the boldness to go and tell the good news to all who need to hear. I pray, Lord, for any this morning who are not believers. Lord, they have heard the story from beginning to end. And they have heard, Lord, how you give them eternal life. If only they will believe. I pray, Lord, their answer to your question to Mary, do you believe, would be yes. So, Lord, we are thankful and we are believers and we rejoice, Jesus, in what you have done for us. And I pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Let's continue to worship as we respond to what God has laid on your heart. Let's respond by singing, but more than that, by believing or being bold in how you will tell others this great news. Let's respond right now. <laughs>